I, I remember doing an episode of the B&B show with Brother Andy and 14 viewers of that show. And uh, we asked the question one time, what is the Christian life summed up into one phrase? The just shall live by faith. That's it right there. That's what you need to know. The just shall live by faith. Thank you all so much for the opportunity I've been given to open up God's Word tonight. It's good to get out of the cage every once in a while, you know, let the wildlife out. And if you're a visitor here tonight, I'm glad you're here. Please, please come back when Pastor Blaylock is preaching behind the pulpit. You will not be sorry that you did. All right, but thank you so much for the opportunity. My wife and I are so grateful to have the opportunity to serve with you all here. We love working in the children's ministry, the bus ministry, and those types of things. It's been a great blessing to us, and we're so glad to be a part of what God is doing here at Beacon Baptist Church. I'd like you to look again, please, at Ephesians chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse number 7, if you would, please. Verse number 7 says this, In whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Several years ago, Pastor Blaylock was holding the communion service here at Beacon Baptist Church, and as he typically does, he'll have us read through a passage of Scripture as we think about what Jesus had done for us on the cross, remembering everything that he did. One particular time, he had us read through Ephesians chapter number 1, and as I'm sitting there reading through these verses and getting fed through these verses, these verses arrested my attention. You know something? We have been given so much in the Lord Jesus Christ, haven't we? God has given us so much. He, it's like he backed up the truck and just unleashed everything on us when we got saved. Aren't you glad tonight that we have a good God that has given us everything we need to live for him? In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Of course, we know Ephesians is a book of the Bible that is written by the Apostle Paul. And back in Acts chapter number 18 and back in Acts chapter number 19, we find the church at Ephesus starting there. And we know that at Ephesus we have the temple of Diana. Look at verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. I love how the Apostle Paul opens up his letters. He reminds us uh, that it doesn't matter where we are in life. He's talking to the saints, the Christians that are at Ephesus, but he reminds us no matter where you are, no matter what circumstances you might face, no matter what problems that you might have, and no matter the difficulties that you find without in the place that you live, you can still live for Christ. He says, you're saints, you are in Christ, but you're at Ephesus. No matter what is at Ephesus, you can still live for Christ. And might I say today in 2022, no matter what is going on in this world, no matter what difficulty you might face, no matter what problem you might face, you can still live for Christ because Christ has given us everything that we need to serve Him. Do you ever cross your mind and my mind that He doesn't ever ask us to serve Him with things that we don't have? Instead, He equips us with everything everything we need to serve him. And so tonight we're going to have almost a Bible study. We'll go through the book of Ephesians, hit some of the high spots, but I want you to consider this thought tonight, the wealth of Christ and the walk of a Christian. The wealth of Christ and the walk of a Christian. Let's pray together, may we. Lord, thank you so much for church today. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for the opportunity you've given to us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. And thank you for your love for us. I pray, God, tonight that you take your word and serve it to these thy people. Lord, we need
preach. Give me clarity of thought, and I pray when it's all done that these people would be helped, and Lord, you would be praised and lifted up because you're worthy. We pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Typically, in the letters of the Apostle Paul, he'll start with doctrine, belief, and teaching. He gives us things to know about God, to know about his church, to know about serving him. And then, as is typical to many of his books, he starts with the doctrine, then he moves to the practical. What is it I'm supposed to do with what God has given me? And Ephesians is no stranger to that. He tells us a lot of things about the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us everything that we've been given in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he tells us, well, here is what you're supposed to do with what you have been given. And so we're going to kind of go rapid fire tonight through the book of Ephesians. There's going to be lots of scripture. There's nothing wrong with a lot of Bible. God says it better than I could ever say it. So we'll jump right into it as we consider, first of all, the will of Christ. I want you to think about this. Here's one thing that we've been given, in whom we have redemption. Amen. I love that we say that. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. I love saying that. Look at verse number seven, if you would, please. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Aren't you glad tonight that you have the ability to be saved? I'm talking about what the Bible says, in whom we have redemption. We've been bought back. We've been bought from the slave market of sin. Jesus has purchased us with his own blood. Aren't you glad that you can be saved tonight? For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We get to be saved tonight. Aren't you glad you can be saved tonight? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love what the Bible says, for scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God And I'm telling you tonight, it is a good thing to be saved. God has given us redemption. We didn't deserve it, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. It's good to be saved, and we don't deserve it, but God gave it to us. God thought it, the Holy Spirit brought it, and Jesus uh, bought it, and the devil fought it, but thank God we still caught it, right? Amen. We've been saved. Don't ever get far from the place where you got saved. I think about it often. I try to think about my salvation every day. You know what my wife started doing when we pick up the young people on the bus when we come on Sundays and Wednesdays? All right, five things you're thankful for. Isn't that right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'll say something. Oh, I'm thankful for (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Thankful for air conditioning. We're not afraid of hurricanes. We're afraid of our power going out and having no AC. That's what we're afraid of. But the girls, they'll say, we're thankful for our church. We're thankful that we're saved. We have a home in heaven. God purchased us a place. We've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Thank God that we have been saved. We've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Think about it. It's a precious redemption in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. We've been forgiven today. Thank God I'm saved, saved, saved. It's a precious redemption. It's a purpose redemption. Let's get into it a little bit here tonight. Ephesians chapter number one. Look at verse nine, if you would, please. The Bible said, says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according 
to his good pleasure in which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times that might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth or on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Verse number 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Let me tell you tonight that you got saved for a reason, and that reason is to bring glory to God. That reason is to lift up the worthy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a precious redemption. You have a purchased redemption. Thank God tonight, not only that, you have a permanent redemption. I want you to be reminded again tonight that once you're born into the family of God, you can't get kicked out of the family of God. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Look what it says here, verse number 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Aren't you glad tonight that you can't mess it up. God is powerful enough to keep you. You're in Jesus' hand. Jesus is in the Father's hand, and you cannot unbecome a child of God tonight. You have everlasting life. You have eternal life. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you cannot unbecome a person in the family of God. Once you're saved, you're always saved. It is a permanent redemption. It's a precious redemption, a purpose redemption, a permanent redemption. It's good to be saved tonight, but God gives us so much more than just forgiveness. And I I almost feel bad saying just forgiveness. It's amazing to be forgiven. God knows everything about you, and He knows everything about me, and He still loves you, and He still loves me. It's amazing to me. In whom we have redemption, in whom we have revelation. Look at chapter 1 and verse number 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Aren't you glad tonight that you've got the revelation of God? You've got the good old B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, thank you, four of you did that. This is works. That was great. <laughs> Boy, we wound up and strike. (laughs) But don't take for granted that you have God's word for you. God gave us his word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. We have God's very word. And it's amazing to me that not only did God save us, not only did he send his son to die for us, but he's given us his word that we might continue to grow, that we might continue to know him, that we might draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to us. It's an amazing thing that we get to know the king of the universe, the one that spoke the world into existence, the one that gave us all things, that gave us this universe and gave us salvation. God wants us to know him and he's given us his revelation he's given us redemption he's given us his revelation we think about in whom we have received we've received an inheritance look please at verse number 11 chapter number one we're going to read a lot of verses tonight that's all right though verse number 11 in whom by the way 
all through the book of Ephesians, you find these two words, in whom or in Christ. And it says it all through the book. As a matter of fact, I'm going to back up a little bit. In verse number three, it says, in heavenly places, in Christ. In verse 10, it says, together in one, in all things in Christ, both are which in heaven and which are in earth and even in him. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of, of his own will. Verse number 12, it continues, in Christ. Verse number 13, the verse two words, in whom? At verse number 20, it says, which he wrought in Christ. I know we're going real fast, but the emphasis of here in the book of Ephesians is that we're in Christ. As long as we're in Christ, we've been given all of these things, and we've been given an inheritance in Christ. Look back at verse number 11 again, if you would, please. The Bible says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. I'm so tonight that I have an inheritance that he's gone to uh, prepare a place for me that where he is I might be also and God has given us all things he's given us an inheritance that we might be able to enjoy that we might be able to tell other people about I'm just simply saying this is all that Christ has given us he's given to us so much and sometimes just for application's sake we like to get our minds off of everything that we don't have I remember working in a Christian school sometimes and they would come, come to the teenagers, oh, we can't do this and we have to wear that and we have to do this and we have to be there. And sometimes in the Christian life, we think about everything that we don't have, but it's a great idea sometimes to think about everything that we do have. All the way back in Genesis chapter number three, Eve got focused on the one thing that she didn't have instead of the whole garden which God gave her to eat freely. We got to get focused on everything that God has given to us and he's given us redemption He's given us re, uh, revelation. He's re, allowed us to receive all these things. We have inheritance. How about this one? He's given us power. I like power. Power's good, right? You've got to say that from your tennis. Power. There's power in the blood. That's spelled P-I-R-E. Power. Amen. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse number 17. Watch this now. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness, watch this now, of his power to usward who believe, amen, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. A number of you have heard me talk about this when I was a freshman in college. I didn't know how to iron clothes. Imagine that. My mom tells me, well, I would have taught you, but you wanted to play basketball all the time. Yes, it's true. <clears throat> so I got to be a freshman at Crown, and I looked like I slept in my dress shirts, or I at least tried to iron them with a credit card, you know what I mean? And so I would get up, and my uh, resident assistant, his name was Brian. You remember Brian, Andy? He'd come up to me. He said, Kevin. I said, what's up, dude? He said, do you ever want to, you know, get a date? And I was like, oh, Yeah. You're going to have to learn how to iron your clothes, man. It's like, whoa. You say I could go back to that part where I could get a date with a girl? Yeah, iron your clothes, man. I didn't know how to use an iron. And so I got my buddy's iron, one of those real nice expensive ones, the shark. You know what I'm talking about, those nice iron that's got a weight to it. I mean, this is good stuff. And I go into the dorm and I plug it into the wall. And how many of you ever plugged something in and nothing came out, no power? I feel like... 
That's the way a lot of Christians live their life. They, they've plugged into the wall, but the outlet's not working. We try to do sometimes is live in the flesh. We, we're, we're like a power strip, and we've plugged it into to itself. It just, there's no power. That's the way a lot of people live in the Christian life. They think we could serve God without God, and, and we think we can get along. We've become professionals at this. And, but you know what? We need power. We need to be plugged into the correct source. And so I was frustrated. No power coming from this outlet. I found the right outlet. And I didn't know that when you plugged in an iron, iron, Brother Andy, that it just turned on. I thought you had to flip a switch or something to turn the thing on. And so I got the iron and I left it just like this, face down on the counter. And I walked away from the iron, wanted to go brush my teeth. And all of a sudden I heard one of those folks from Tennessee, fire, (laughs) smoke. And I come running into the kitchen and sure enough, smoke is billowing out of the iron that I left flat down on the counter and I ripped it up and it peeled right off of that counter. To this day, if you go to Mod 4 at Crown College, there is an iron print on the counter there where there, it was green and everything like that. And here's what I'm trying to say. I, I got to iron and like, I'm like, oops, sorry about that. The guy who owned the iron went to go iron his shirt and left a big old green streak down his shirt. Thanks, Kevin. But you know what I found? This is a really silly illustration, Okay. But I found out there's evidence when you're plugged in to the right outlet. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for that. (laughs) Get plugged into the correct. God promised that there's power available for you. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You say this is a hard life that we live with everything going on in our country and, and maybe you might be right but God said my power is available for you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus here's what I'm talking about power is available for you to live a pure life power is available my grace is sufficient for thee he says and, and when you're weak you can be strong and when you're tired you can still go forward you don't have to faint in the day of adversity God has said I am with you I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you wherever you go I'm going to be there whither shall I flee from thy spirit or whither shall I go from thy presence if I ascend up into heaven thou art there if I make my bed in hell behold thou art there if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me listen in this difficult day and hour in which we live you can still have the power of God you can live for God you can walk by faith you the just shall live by faith and God said hey I've provided this for you I've bought this for you and you can walk with me and you can live for me I've given you enablement I've given you my power God's power is available for you today in whom we have redemption in whom we have revelation in whom we've received we received inheritance we've received God's power we've received God's grace for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast I love that we have the grace of God available for us God has enabled you to live for him I love what the Bible says he giveth more grace you know what that means it means you have to use some grace up for him to give you more grace but unlike the folks that are panic buying up all the water for this hurricane that may or may not even hit us when you need more grace you go and it's there God said he giveth more grace we've received a lot in Christ Jesus we've received power we've received grace we've received access aren't you glad tonight that you yourself can talk to God. You don't have to go through somebody else. I remember growing up in the Catholic church. I I remember mom said, Kevin, you need to go to confession. And so I said, I don't know what that is. Just tell the priest everything that you did wrong. I said, I don't think he has all day, mom. 
And I had to go to the priest there, and he'd sit there, and I had to talk to him through this little knot hole in a phone booth, and I told him, well, I did this to my brother, and I lied to my mom, and I stole my dad's money from this coin jar, and all these different types of things. And he'd go out and say, well, you have to say this prayer and that prayer and do that thing. You know what? I'm so glad tonight that I don't have to go to another sinner to have my sins forgiven. I can go straight to God. I can talk to God myself. I've been given access, and you've been given access. I tell the kids in junior church all the time. I say, just because I have a title of assistant pastor doesn't mean I have more access to God than you do. If you are saved, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can talk to God just like I can talk to God. You have access. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Look in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 16. The Bible says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout ages without end. Amen. God has granted access to us that we might be strengthened, that we might seek his face, that we might come to him. We have access to God. We've been given so much in Christ, haven't we? Now here's the second part, second half. What are you supposed to do with that? You've been given so much. You've been given redemption through His blood. You've been given an inheritance. You've been given power. You've been given grace. You've been given access. You've been given revelation. What is it that you're supposed to do that? This is the wealth of Christ. But now we move to the second half of Ephesians, the walk of a Christian. What do I do with what I've been given? Don't just keep it to yourself. God gives you these things for a purpose. We're going to jump to chapter 4 as we consider the walk of a Christian, our walk. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1, the Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in the hope of, uh, of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What are you supposed to do? Well, here's the thing. Walk worthy. Make Jesus look good with the way that you live your life. Because your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talk talks a lot louder than your talk talks. Basically, all that means is your actions speak louder than your words. Make Jesus look good. When I was 11 years old, Jupiter Christian School had a fair that I'd scrounge up every nickel, every dime, every quarter I could to get the $10 race wristband so I can ride every ride that they had, eat all the funnel cake I wanted to eat, go on the bumper cars, eat those fried Oreos, amen, funnel cake, all that good stuff. I was 11 years old. I got the small fortune of $10. I made myself down to the Jupiter Christian Fair. I got my wristband. I started riding every ride, eating up everything that I could until one of my buddies said, hey, Kevin, look over there. Look over yonder. There's a Pepsi trailer, and the Pepsi trailer doesn't have anybody guarding it, and it's open. <clears throat> and so we made ourselves like little Navy SEALs, trying to get over there without being noticed. It was in a darker corner where, the, I guess, the football field is now. And sure enough, we made our way there. We got in. 
And we started handing out, here's a Mountain Dew for you, here's a Pepsi for you. You know, it's not as good as Coke, but we'll have to take it, you know. Um, so <clears throat> I have a Mountain Dew in my hand. I am pumped. I'm excited. I'm about to, I got a free Mountain Dew. And I go to pop it. And when all of a sudden I hear, hey, you, stop. I froze. There was a coach from the school that noticed us getting into trouble. And an 11-year-old boy, he called the police on us. JPD came down to Jupiter Christian. I mean, he had his vest on and everything. I was intimidated. I'm thinking to myself, sir, take me to juvenile hall. It is going to be better for me there than if I have to go home and face my mom. And you know that's the truth. <clears throat> they called my mom. Oh, no. She drives over the quarter mile from our house from Cherokee Street over to Jupiter Christian School. She said she drove over with a clenched fist. How many of you kids know that's bad? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> she put me in the car. She didn't say a word. You can cut the tension with the knife. On the way. It was the longest quarter mile that we've, I've ever been a part of as she drove home. We literally lived in that same neighborhood, but I felt like it took an hour to get home. She sat me down across the table, and she looked at me. Didn't say anything. I'm like, am I going to die? This is how it ends. <laughs> but I'll never forget what she said. Kevin, <clears throat> nobody in our family has ever been in trouble with the law till you. <laughs> but here's what she said. You didn't make our name look good by how you acted. I didn't walk worthy that day. I fear that many people don't make Jesus' name look good by the way they walk and listen, I'm preaching to myself tonight, okay? <clears throat> you can listen in as I preach to myself. Sometimes we don't walk the way we ought to. We don't exemplify Christ the way we need to. We've been given everything that we need to exemplify Christ, to lift up Christ, but sometimes we don't. By the actions that we have and the things that we say, we need to do a better job at walking worthy of the calling wherewith we are called. We think about these things. We walk worthy. We're thinking about the walk of a Christian, our walk there's another part of this, walk worthy, but we also walk in love. Look at chapter 5, moving along. The Bible says in verse number 1, chapter 5, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. You know, one of the hallmarks of a good Christian is they love other people. They love people unconditionally. Love is doing something for somebody who can't do something in return for you. We need to love people. You think about it. Moses was in the wilderness and he saw that burning bush that wasn't consumed by the fire. The closer he got to that bush, he heard his name. And then as he took another step, he heard to take off his sandals. But as he got close to that bush, he heard the heartbeat of God. And the heartbeat of God is people, loving people. And as Christians, we've been given the wealth of Christ. We've been given redemption. We've been given revelation. We've been given His Word. We've been given power. We've been given all of these things. And one of the things we're supposed to do with that is love other people. Do you and I show the love of Christ in our lives? I know I'm guilty sometimes of not being the best Christian I need to be. <clears throat> not using every tool that God has put at my disposal to serve Him with. Walk in love Walk as children of the light. Look at chapter 5 and verse number 8. <clears throat> the Bible says, For ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are, are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Do the right thing. Walk in the light. Walking 
uh, in love, walking as children of the light. Here's another one. Walk circumspectly. Drop down to chapter 5 and verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You say, what does that mean, circumspectly? How many of you have a child and you've ever said to that child, would you watch where you're going? Yes? Or, or how about this one? You're on I-95. There's a good time to exercise the power of God in prayer, right? <clears throat> how many of you have ever said, they need to watch where they're going on I-95? That's what, well, yeah, I see your hand, okay? Uh, <laughs> That's what we're talking about in the Christian life. You need to watch where you're going. Walk circumspectly. That gives the idea of watching 360 degrees. We're watching where we're going. God says you've got to be careful. Walk circumspectly. We're talking about the wealth of Christ and the walk of a Christian. We talk about our walk, but let's talk about our work now. Back to chapter number four. We're almost done. You're all doing a great job tonight. Our work. Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So here he's talking about our work. You know what? There's always a place for every one of us to jump in and serve somewhere. The Bible talks about how we are compacted together. We're fitly. I remember one time as a kid coming into Beacon on a Sunday night, and I walked through the door, and the deacons and the, and the ushers passed me a Lego. I love Legos. And I was like, well, what's Pastor going to do with this Lego? He was explaining that night that everybody has a place where they go, a place where they fit. And I want you to know tonight, every one of you has a place where you fit to serve God in, the, in, this, in this local church. Our work, we work together, we work in unity, we work with understanding, we work with urgency. We have a job to do with what we've been given. We can't hold it to ourselves, we can't keep it to ourselves. We all have a place that, where we can serve. And you know what? If you get to it and you're sitting on the pew and you're just spectating, it's a dangerous place to be. Jump in and get involved. I love, love college football. I'm sad that the Gators lost last night to my arch enemy, Tennessee, you know? And you know what I found out is really, really easy to do when I'm not in the game is critique everything that's going on on the television screen. Is anybody else there? They should have ran this play, and they should have done that. Why would you go for a two-point conversion there? Why did you call a timeout there? You're going to go for a 60-yard field goal? What is all that about? And we like to spectate, or at least I do. I like to sit there and try to armchair coach the thing. It's easier to do nothing and judge everybody else that's on the field actually in the game than when you're actually in the game just doing and trying to push forward. I'm just here tonight to tell you that everybody has a spot on the team. Everybody has a place where they can jump in and serve. Don't just sit on the bench. You know, I rode the bench a lot in college, Pastor. I hated that. I wanted to get in the game. What I'm saying tonight is get in the game. You have a place that you can serve. We're moving along here. We're talking about our walk, our work, and lastly tonight, our warfare. Of course, chapter number six, again, we're just hitting the high points. I hope you'll go and read Ephesians yourself. Our warfare, look at chapter number six, verse number 11, familiar passage of the Bible. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God 
that ye may be able to stand fast or stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints in other words we have a battle that we're having or to go through we have a warfare that we're fighting in and let's join together and let's fight the devil together and let's lift up Jesus together and let's get in this battle together because God has given us everything that we need he's given us redemption he's given us revelation He's given us our guidebook. He's given us his spirit. He's given us access. We have everything we need to serve God. And so let's jump in the battle together and fight for the Lord. I love the book of Ephesians. It's jam-packed, man. Get into it. Let's be steadfast together. We were at a youth rally a couple months ago, and the preacher was preaching from this text. I'm going to kind of steal his points, all right? So... He said, we have a real enemy. We do. We, we fight against principalities and powers. The devil, seeking whom he may die, he wants to see your influence in this world disappear. That's what it means in First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. He wants to, he's as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to make you disappear. We have a real enemy. A real war with real casualties. And we're called to be a part of this war, to fight. Aren't you glad tonight God's already given us the victory? We have a real enemy. We have a real armory. God has given us everything we need to serve him. And thank God tonight we have real victory. Listen, the battle's already been won. We have everything that we need. God doesn't ask you for what you don't have. He's given you everything you need that obtains to life and godliness. And so let's use everything he's given us to make a difference while we can to impact sinners, to love this community, and to edify the body of Christ. It's the wealth of Christ and the walk of a Christian tonight. Let's bow in prayer, may we? Lord, thank you for your word tonight. I'm glad tonight that your word does that what I cannot do. And Lord, I pray your word would do its work tonight. Help us, Lord, to jump into the battle together with everything that you've given us. Lord, you've unleashed on us everything we need to serve you and to please you. Thank you that your grace is sufficient, that your mercy is high above the heavens. Lord, you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You've given us redemption and revelation. You've given us everything that we need. Help us not to squander the gifts that you've given to us, but help us, Lord, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Help us to walk in love. Help us to walk in light. And Lord, I pray that you bless this time now as we come to you. We love you in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.